Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. Easter celebration 2021 at T Church involved an incredible time of worship and a message from God's Word encouraging us to take salvation seriously in our homes and communities. We can use our stories to share the great news that God saves sinners. Please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 26. If you do not have a Bible, there is one in the pew in front of you. We will be reading verses 9 through 29. I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priest, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. And I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day, I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priest. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from the heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is it useless for you to fight against my will? Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them that I will show you in the future. And I will rescue from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed the vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also in the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me, but God has protected me right up to the present time so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, and that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to raise from the dead, and in this way, God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, 
whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. May God bless the reading of this word. Thank you, Miss Sandra. I have um, deliberated and deliberated on what I would speak to you today. What story can I tell you? What, um, what kind of emphasis can I make that would stir within you such a desire, such, stir within you such a need for Christ? And, and this is the scripture the Lord laid on my heart for you today. Out of Acts, sounds like a weird scripture for Easter, but um, I think the story could be life-changing for you. Um, How many of you are glad to be in God's house today? Yeah, Woody couldn't see you, but I can. You do look good. Um, I do want to, before I dive into this, just... um, express honor for, we have two missionaries with us today. Uh, would you guys please stand in the back there with the International Missions Board. Would you give our mis- these missionaries a hand? <laughs> so thankful for, for what they do overseas in spreading the gospel into dark places. Um, I've got to tell you, I love stories. How many of you like stories? You like a good story? Um, I think that is particularly why I enjoy um, reality TV so much. Oh, you don't watch reality TV? It's just me? Okay. Anybody like Walker, Texas Ranger? Uh, Well, I'm just going to take a poll. Um, (laughs) Where are the hands? My wife was right. I was watching Walker, Texas Ranger when my first child was born. Uh, tell you more of that story later. <laughs> but everybody loves a story. You like to be captivated, right? My grandfather used to tell great stories. Um, he had a, a metal wooden shed, uh, wooden, a metal um, kind of A-frame. That you, you can't be both. Um, <laughs> well, maybe you can in this culture. Uh, anyway, I won't go there, but... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stick to the Easter notes. Stick to the Easter notes. I did it. I did it. The elders are going to meet with me after this. I know it. I just know it's going to happen. My grandfather would pull me into his workshop and he would tell me stories because he was a tractor and trailer driver. If you've ever met a tractor and trailer driver, you know they have great stories. Running into people, experiences, things they've seen. I get captivated by story. And I think we all love stories. I think there's a piece in us that love to hear of the tragedy, betrayal, sacrifice, grace, redemption. You know the great sports movie? Where the underdog makes it and, and does it. You know, they, they, they get the victory. We love stories like that. And my wife loves a good love movie, good romance flick. And I don't. 
We just finished a series, a four-week series um, called This Is My Story, where we heard different testimonies. If you were not here for this series, I encourage you to go watch it. All the testimonies are on our YouTube page. Testimonies from within our congregation of how God made a difference in our lives. It's not just something that we've talked about. I grew up in church, so I was very good at talking about God and being able to spout things off, but never actually be changed or transformed by him. That could be you today. Good at going to your church attendance record is great. But if we were to peel back your story, maybe we wouldn't see a submission to Jesus where he's Lord of your life. But those testimonies revealed that God can transform anyone, even you. Even you. Even you watching online today. Now, the last sermon series um, ended last week, but since we're talking about stories, I wanted to share with you one last testimony. Is that okay? One last testimony. And it was Paul's. That's what we read here today in chapter 26 of Acts. Paul, to give you some background, he's imprisoned. Anybody? No, I'm not going to ask. Never mind. Um, that's the preacher. And I'm like, anybody ever been in prison? Don't tell me. I really don't know. I don't want to know. Um, if you've been in prison, it's fine. You're welcome here. I'm just saying. Um, Paul was in prison, and he was one of the greatest apostles. So you're, you have a home here. Um, he was imprisoned, and he wanted to plead his case to the emperor, to the emperor. And so in order to get to the emperor, he first had to plead his case to King Agrippa. Everybody say Agrippa. Why? Because it's fun to say. He wanted to go before the emperor, and instead of pleading his case for freedom, he pled his case for Christ. He gave his testimony. He gave his story. And so let's look at his story. Verses 9 through 11, uh, we see his past. What does is, what is Paul's past look like? I used to believe, in verse 9 he says, that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem, authorized by the leading priest. I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had punished them in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. Let's talk about Paul's past. And I can tell you today that each of us have one. You today have a past. Or maybe um, something that you don't like to talk about. Some of us don't like to talk about our past. Paul, part of his testimony, part of his story was where God brought him from. And where did God bring him from? He was a murderer. And he didn't just murder anyone. He murdered Christians. He said it right here. I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. He was killing and in charge of chasing down Christians and putting them to death. He wasn't just anti-God. 
He was ravenous to see anyone who proclaimed the name of Jesus be silenced even, even to death. He recognized very first in his story that he had sin. We all have a past, and some of us think that our past is insurmountable. Some of us feel like today that the things that we have done in our lives, Christ cannot cover. But Paul, then at this time, Saul, as he's telling the story, um, knew differently. Let's look at verses 12 through 18. One day, I was on such a mission. So he was on his way to kill people. To Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priest. About noon, your majesty, I was on the road. A light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice say to me, in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. The one you're persecuting. Now, get to your feet. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. You are to tell the world what you have seen and what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins. Everybody say forgiven. And be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. So we saw his sin. Can I I just say something very quickly? Um, Many of us are unwilling to even admit that we are sinners. I have friends that think they're past. They're past. They, They have reached glorification mode. Today, you are still in need of Jesus. Yeah. Hear me today. If you leave here hearing anything, understand that you need Jesus. Paul saw his sin, and then we just read the story of him coming to Jesus. Now, not not all of us are going to have the moment on the horse where you fall off big bright light. Anybody? I was hoping for one. No one today. I wanted to point out two things here. One, the the Lord found Saul. Saul wasn't going looking for Jesus. And honestly, Saul thought he was doing the right thing. You realize this? He's going around murdering people and he thinks he's doing the right thing. And the Lord found him in that, in that place right there. The Lord will find you. It is the Lord who finds you. In fact, I would even say that the Lord has brought you here today for a reason. It is no accident that you're here. It's no accident you're watching online. God comes for us. He does. 
And the other thing was that he wasn't just saved from something. He was saved to something. Salvation isn't just a get out of hell free card. God is saving you to something. And he told Paul exactly what that was. He said, I am saving you to tell the nations this story, what you've seen, what you've heard. Let's continue. Verses 19 through 23, we see his transformation. Paul goes from killing, going after Christians. He has an experience, an encounter with Jesus. And then what happens? Well, he says in 19, and so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles. They all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this and they tried to kill me. If you underline in your Bible, I wish you would just underline right here. But God. But God has protected me right up to this present time so that I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets of Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Saul started preaching right then and there, right there in Damascus. And the greatest comfort I find in this verse is that God will keep you. God will keep you. He will not only find you, he'll keep you. I grew up, um, I grew up in an environment where I'm so thankful for the, the people that poured into my life over the years. And I grew up um, constantly thinking that I had to keep up with Jesus. Follow me. That I had to earn something, that I had to work for it. It was work then salvation growing up. Now, that you, a lot of folks would say, oh, that's crazy. Well, no, not in a lot of places. Not in a lot. I, I had to work to keep my salvation. I had to work. And so I was sweating all the time. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you're living crazy. And you know some family that are living crazy. And hear me. When you come to know Jesus, there's, there's a couple things that happen, but one of them is that you're different. You change. Sometimes it's little by little, but there's definitely change. And you're no longer the king of your life. Can I ask you that today? Who's the king of your heart today? Who's the king of your heart? Most of us want to worship ourselves. I heard that last night at the outreach service. Our, our, uh, our teams were out at the outreach service last night, and Pastor Nick said, the number one worship idol in America is you. You worship yourself. 
But there's a transformation that occurs. There's something that changes. And here we find that I, when, when Christ, when, when I surrender my life to Christ, when he finds me, he keeps me. He keeps me. It's in his hands. There's a brief couple passages here where they say, man, this guy's crazy. Anybody ever call you crazy? I bet it wasn't for declaring the gospel. I bet it was for other things. Yeah, some of you look crazy. I'm just to be honest with you. Some of y'all give me crazy eyes right now. Like, I'm not coming back to this church. And I, it's okay. We want you to come back. And then the bomb drops. Paul. Paul's in chains. He's bound up. He's a prisoner. And he's laid out. Look, look where I was. And then look what happened. I encountered Jesus. And now then look at my life since. It's different. He laid out his story. And what does Agrippa say? Because he looks at Agrippa here in verse 27. And he says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. See, Agrippa, he knew. He knew what it said in the Old Testament. He was aware of everything that Saul was saying, what Paul was saying right here. He was familiar with it. And so he says, I know you know this. And and Agrippa interrupted him and said something catastrophic that I think will land in your plate today, I hope, in a powerful way. Agrippa interrupted him in verse 28 and says, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? You know what the... Some, some of y'all may came from a KJV only crowd, King James Version only. I love the way the King James Version only puts this. It says, you almost persuaded me. Hey, look at me. Do not miss this, because I think in my concern, my heart for this Easter is that there are going to be many that approach Jesus on that reconciling day when we get to go and be with him again, and you will almost, oh, this is the tragedy of the almost. Almost. Pastor, almost. I'm almost ready. I'm almost clean enough. I'm almost doing, done doing what I want to do. I'm almost, almost, almost. I'm almost there. And we say it Sunday after Sunday. I'm almost ready to go all in. Pastor, I'm almost ready. But there's no almost in the kingdom. Hear me. Hear this preacher today. There is no sliding through the gates. When he died, he died for all of you. He died for all of it. Oh, that we wouldn't have our stories end with a, 
I went to Easter Transformation April 4, 2021, and I almost made a decision. I watched online, and I heard that preacher preach about that I don't have to live this way anymore, and that Jesus can save my soul, and that I can confess my sin to him, and I can live different because of God. Because of the sacrifice on the cross, I can live differently. Almost. Almost. This is what King Agrippa said. You almost persuaded me. You, this, in, in, the, in the Greek, it, it literally means just a little bit. Almost. You see, we're all in need of Christ. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. And then it follows it up. But the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, he died for you. <laughs> Today on Easter, as we prayed with our teams, and we wondered, who, who's the Lord going to send us today? This could be someone's first time giving Jesus a chance. Today could be someone's last chance. Hey, hear me. This could be your last chance. I'm not a fear monger. Look, I'm not going to preach hellfire and brimstone to you and try and get you to escape hell. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to reconcile people to himself. Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouth <laughs> that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 5, 1 is one of my favorites. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, not works, there's nothing you can earn, okay? It doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to him. Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, I can always use a little more peace. Anybody? Anybody need a little more peace? A little more hope? Yeah. That's what he offers that's the offer to you today. And I'm not just talking to people who have not chosen him as Lord. I'm talking about those who would sit in a pew Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and think that's earning them a spot. And Monday through Friday, you don't think about it. Almost. Almost. Therefore, Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 38, 39, for I am convinced that neither life 
nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, the future, nor any power, height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. There's no wound. There is no person that's been hateful to you. There's no loss. There's no sickness. There's no cancer. COVID. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. (laughs) All those testimonies we heard the last couple weeks of Jesus making a difference. I don't care how old you are. Whether you're young, you're a teenager, you're old as Woody. I mean, I mean, however old you are. <laughs> that was good. I don't, I don't care who you are. That was funny. I don't care how sinful your past looks. It's not about where you are, it's where you're going. The greatest story of all time. We just read another story here from Paul. The greatest story of all time you will not find at Barnes and Noble in a self-help book. You will not find it on the radio. You will not find it at Regal Cinemas or on your TV at home. The greatest story of all time will always be that God saves sinners. That is the greatest story that I can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That is the greatest story. And it's a real one. I don't have to make it up. I, I, I remember who I used to be. Oh, yes. I did a funeral on Monday for Marie Long. And she always requested I sing this song. And this may be a song you could sing today. I might even ask you to sing it with me. Unless you can't sing, don't do it, okay? (laughs) Tells a story. And it says, I'm not on an ego trip. I'm nothing on my own. I've made mistakes and Often slipped, I'm just common, flesh and bone. But I'll prove someday just what I say. I'm of a special kind. While he was on the cross, I was on his mind. The look of love was on his face, the thorns on his head. Blood was on that scarlet robe, it was stained in crimson red. And though his eyes were on the crowd that day, he looked ahead in time. Because while he was on the cross, you were on 
is mine. And this is what the chorus says. He knew me, yet he loved me. He whose glory makes the heaven shine. I'm so unworthy of such mercy. While he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. Hear me today. The promise of Scripture is that we have a good shepherd and the sheep know his voice and he is calling to you today. Come, come, come. As the band comes back and we get ready to close, We're going to have a response time in a particular way today. Because what I don't want is this. I don't want you to leave here today and say, I almost. You almost had me, preacher. You see, the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Yeah, that's not my job. My job today is to declare the word of the Lord to you. And what's the word of the Lord today? That Easter is more than just bunnies and chocolate. Hey, hear me. Easter is more than just going out to eat afterwards and having our families together. Easter, Resurrection Sunday is a chance for that almost To be, I decided to follow Jesus. You could decide today. With every head bowed and every eye closed as I get ready to send us away. And we're going to take communion as well this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. There are some watching today online and there's some in this room who say, Carl, you don't know my past. It's too much. And I would say to you, the cross is sufficient. The price was paid for you. There are some in here today who have gone to church your entire life and, have, and, and you would say today, I'm a good person. I'm a Christian because I do better than the person next to me. But I'm telling you, you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord. And he's beckoning to you. He's drawing you. He's saying, come. My yoke is easy. My burden is is light. If you fall into one of those categories today, I'm going to ask 
that you say this prayer with me and surrender your life to the Lord today, right now, right this moment, not almost, not later, not next weekend, not in the morning, this moment you would say, I choose Jesus. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of a Savior. If that's you today, I don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't be shy. Acknowledge that I want to make this God you're talking about Lord of my life. I want you to say this prayer with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. And I am in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and rose again as payment for my sin. I confess you today, the Lord of my life. I surrender all control to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.